You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. morning. Why don't you grab a seat? I feel like you've grown. It's expanded. How good. You know, Pastor Darren and Pastor Beck, they come into the office and they brag on you. I gotta tell you, they're so proud of you. We hear amazing things that are happening here at Northwest. We hear stories of, you know, people's lives being changed, of growth, of fun, lots of laughter. So you need to know that you are so valued and it's amazing to actually look at it. I feel like I've got a scan from this side to this side. So I will try and make sure that I don't miss anybody today. Um, Hey, we're so glad that you came and joined us together. We have been doing a great series on healthy things grow. And can you believe it, but we're actually in the final week. Like I just feel like we just started. So I want to encourage you that this week, Grab out your notes that you've been taking from Sunday and really just take some time to let the series settle in before we get into the Christmas season, before we start a new series. Let's just make sure that what we've got in the last three and now the fourth week has really settled into our hearts. Um, it's not just good, good words and good knowledge and good information, but it's actually leading to some transformation inside of us, all right? So we have been doing this series called Healthy Things Grow. And I think we can all agree that growth is a good thing. We all want to grow. You're actually all designed to grow. You know, everything in nature is designed to grow and you as a human being are absolutely designed to grow and it's the same in your spirit. Your spiritual life has always been designed to grow. That's the way that God made it. But sometimes we don't grow, whether that be in our physical world or whether that be in our spiritual world. And what we've been looking at is to grow, we need to be healthy. And I remember, um, so I've got four children. And when my youngest son, Joshi, was born... He was a surprise to us in terms of how big he was. Like, I have, I have little babies. So, you know, they're in the seven-pound category, and I like that. And Joshy came, and he was not. He was this nine-pound baby, and we didn't know where he came from because he had all those big, chunky leg rolls and chunky stomach, and um, he looked like this big, healthy baby. But there was a problem. In his first couple of weeks of life, he wasn't growing. He, um, he was losing weight. And so even though he looked like he should on the outside, we were desperately trying to find out what was going wrong with his health on the inside. And, uh, you know, we, we went to many doctors and nurses and midwives and, and um, you know, I kept getting told, no, he's fine, it'll just work out. Um, But I knew that it wasn't because he wasn't growing and babies are meant to grow. And eventually, you know, we found out that he did. He had this tongue tie and and we got it cut and immediately everything changed and everything fixed. And because his health was right, he suddenly started to grow. He didn't ever get those big chubby thighs back, but I just don't think that's an Ashley family trait. (laughs) So, um, but, but he is a healthy kid. And it just reminds you that when you're not growing, stop. 
and have a look on the inside and ask yourself the question, what do I need to put inside of me so that I can start growing? And don't give up until you find that thing that God is speaking to you about. All right. Okay, so final week in our series, and I'm really, really happy to be with you speaking on this today because this is a passion for me. You know, this is what I love as a pastor. I love speaking about being together and growing together. And today we're talking about our groups. So we've looked at the the healthy aspects of life and we've looked at prayer, we've looked at fellowship, we've looked at the Word of God, And today, we're going to be talking about our groups. All right? So where do we, you know, where do we kind of get this from? So we're going to keep along with our key scripture. So we're going to go to Acts 2, 42. um, And we're going to just continue to read that. And let's see what it looked like back in this early church. So Acts 2, 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then if you continue reading down, we'll just jump down to verses 46 and 47. It kind of says it again. It says, Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I think you could read that Acts 2.42 and, you know, that those verses again and again and again, because it's an incredibly inspiring picture of this group of people. You know, we see people who are just so passionate for Jesus and they were passionate for one another. And we see actually in this scripture that the main part of their fellowship and the main part of their growth was not just on Sunday services. What it actually talks about is there were these powerful gatherings daily back then amongst believers in their homes together. And I think sometimes we can read it and go, well, that was great. That was the early church. Like they were pioneering something. So that's the way it was done back then. But I got to tell you, we're the same people. We've got the same living reality of Jesus within us that they did back then. And what we're going to talk about, it was actually that passion for Jesus and that passion for one another that led them to do the things that they did. So if we kind of put that together, if we're the same people with the same passion for Jesus and the same passion for one another, then we should be doing the same things that we see in this Acts 2 scripture. All right. Are we with me? Want to hear some more? Okay. So we're having a look at the foundations of faith that came out of these people's devotion, all right? And yes, it shows a structure, but we have to know that before any kind of structure thing evolved here in the early church, there was a people that were devoted to Christ and they were devoted to one another and they were absolutely on mission, all right? And so I believe that God really wants to revive in us a passion for this thing called groups. So I'm going to ask you to do something today. Every conception of group that you have in your head, just put it over here. 
or put it over there. Just you've got to lay it down today. We've been in probably, if you've been around in church life for a while, you may have been in lots of different types of groups. They've probably had a whole bunch of different names, whether they're groups or home groups or cell groups or connect groups or there's probably a million more out there. Um, I just want you to lay it down for a second because we're going to spend time today back in the original intention of what, where it started, where it came from, to actually create our picture of what is this thing called groups. So my first thing I really want us to grab is our groups are birthed from devotion. This is the place where it starts. Before we can talk about a what, we have to talk about why. I think this is my little thing as a person. I'm always going to be on about the heart. I'm always going to be on about the why. What's the reason we do things? Because they only work if they come from the right heart. They only are life-giving if they actually come out of a heart that wants to be life-giving and that wants to see it grow and, and has a passion for it. And that's just life. You know, if you're passionate about your job, you're going to love your job. You're going to thrive in it. You're going to grow in it. You're going to want to invest into it. If you're just doing your job because it pays the bills, then you're not going to experience that just excitement and that thriving and that growing in it. You know, it's the same with your family. If you're passionate about your kids, you're passionate about your family growing, you're going to invest in it. You're going to put up with the hard things. You're going to make it through those difficult challenges because you've got a why that's driving you for that. So that's what we're going to have a look at today. And, you know, to fully appreciate this, I think we have to look back at our text and see the origin of our groups because they weren't just a good idea. Groups, I'll just put it out there, are not a good idea some pastor thought up somewhere, you know, maybe 50 years ago and went, hey, we should do this in a church because this will really help. That's not where they came from. They're actually birthed out of the beginning of the church. They are an integral part of who we are as people. And so that's what we're looking at today. So we hear this phrase, you might be saying, well, Mel, you've drawn a very long bow here. We got this thing in the scripture that says breaking of bread. And you're telling me that that's what a group is. So we're going to put the connection between the two here. So we hear this term breaking of bread twice in our scriptures that we've just read. So in Acts 2.42, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread and to prayer. And then it kind of expands out a little bit, which maybe gives us a bit more context. In 46, where it says, you know, they continued to meet together in the temple courts and then they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. So back, you know, in this time, the, the people that we're talking about are our Jewish converts. So, so Peter has spoken to the Jews. He has presented the good news and they have responded to this and they have decided to follow Jesus. And so what we see is they, they were still a part of the Jewish community. So they still continued to meet in the temple courts with the Jewish people, which is where they would meet for worship and they would meet together for teaching. But then they broke bread in their homes and ate together as this new fellowship of believers who believed that Jesus was the Messiah they wanted to meet together in this group because they also wanted to learn and grow in this whole new facet of faith that they had just discovered. So, you know, this was a revolutionary change for these people. The long-awaited Messiah had come. Like, this was the revelation that they had. 
and that He had come and He had died for their sins and they were now new creations. They were saved, that, you know, they'd experienced this Holy Spirit, the power had come upon them. They were seeing signs and wonders and miracles. Like, it was incredible. Who wouldn't want to gather and kind of talk about this and figure it out together and go, what does this mean? And how do we grow in that? And I saw Peter do this the other day and man, I want to pray for my neighbour and see them get up and walk again. And like there was an excitement and a passion that birthed out of their revelation of Christ and who He was. And this changed them completely and it bound them together. And so they were looking for one another to work out this way of life with. So when we speak about the breaking of bread in these scriptures, our scholars, you know, they're talking about, it's referring to them coming together and sharing a meal together. And then there would have been probably communion that they would have shared after that meal together. So it's got both of those aspects. But what we need to see is the picture of them gathering together. There's an intimacy There's a personal nature where they got together around the family meal table and they shared life together and they remembered Christ and they remembered the resurrection through communion together and they began to outwork their salvation together. This is the original origin of groups. Like this is where it comes from. It wasn't just a good idea, but they were absolutely passionate for it. Okay, and, and you know, we might think, well, yeah, they were passionate. You know, they've just seen or heard of Jesus dying. And, you know, this is, this is early on in the picture. But, you know, um, if you skip down to Acts 45, 42, it, it actually says that day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. So this is speaking of the apostles here. So, you know, we're, we're down in Acts by now and, and they are still going from house to house proclaiming the good news of Jesus. They were diligent in this. This was not something that they kind of just gave it a go for a little while and then went, well, that was good for that season. What's next, God? This is something that they had as a part of who they are. And I want to encourage us, church, that this is groups for us. There was an absolute passion to be together. And I just want to put up here that this is part of, I think, laying down our concepts of groups. But our groups are not options or choices of a program that we can attend at church. Somewhere along the line, I think they became, in some facets, a bit of a program. They are the very, very heart of our church. They're the heart of us as people. They're who we are people. We're disciples. We're followers of Jesus. And we want to be together with our other followers of Jesus. I want to read this from the Bible exposition commentary. It says, the Christians you meet in Acts, were not content to meet once a week for services as usual. Their Christian faith was a day-to-day reality, not a once a week routine. Why? Because the risen Christ was a living reality to them and His resurrection power was at work in their lives through the Spirit. I don't know about you, but when I think of the resurrection power of Christ, it makes me teary. I think we've got to get the reality of Christ inside of us and who we are as people. Like it should never die or wane in us. We've got to always be on people. We're on mission. You know, we've got Jesus living in us. We have hard lives. You know, stuff happens in our life and it's not always rosy and it's not always easy. 
And some of us have more hardship than others. But the living hope is still in you. You know, and this life truly is just a breath. You know, there is a reality beyond this. But God has given you everything that you need to walk this life in power and passion and purpose. And together, we come together to help one another to do that. You know, these, they saw themselves as family and they knew the gift and they remembered the gift that they had received and they believed in this power of Jesus. And it's this passion that was inside them that caused them to meet together. So church groups, you know, it's not about replicating a structure of the early church. If we just did that, it's going to be so empty. But it's our passion for Jesus and one another that comes from this same heart. And our groups are born from this passion. And, you know, without it, we're only going to see them. We're just going to miss what they are. You know, they have to come out of who we are. They absolutely have to come out of this heart of devotion for Jesus and a devotion for one another. I'm really super passionate about this. <laughs> so our groups are birthed from this passion. But that's not all. Like there is an amazing purpose that comes out of our groups that you don't want to miss out on being a part of. So my second point today is our groups are purposed for growth and for influence. And can I tell you that, you know, when Pastor Keith set the vision, we kind of hadn't really nutted down what our groups as such were purposed for. But as we worked it out, we actually had some other names, you know, we were throwing out terms and then just sat in his office one day and I said, they're just for growth and influence. You know, that's what our groups are. And, and I just think it's amazing how God weaves all that together. And this is our vision for this time. And we are now really going as a leadership. We need to invest into our meeting together. We need to invest into our groups. This is critical. And its purpose is so wrapped up in the vision that God's got for us that it's got to be a God thing, right? You can't plan it out this well. I can tell you, I can't plan it out this well. So our groups are purposed for growth and influence. You know, I was thinking about what happened in the early church in these gatherings. They grew, the church grew, and the kingdom advanced. Like that's what happened. And that is the Great Commission in a nutshell. And that is how... This is how this went from this one little group to spreading throughout Jerusalem and then beyond. Like it is absolutely staggering how Christianity honestly started at such a small place to where it is today. It, it, I don't think we actually appreciate how amazing it is in terms of its spread, but it's because it happened through people who had this passion and were meeting together and sharing with other people. Like, it's, it's actually very simple. Evangelism 101 is very, very simple. We complicate things, but there is such power in our groups and our gathering together to see growth in ourselves, growth within one another, and then growth beyond and, and inviting people who don't know Jesus. So, you know, we want to look at growth in us. Groups is where growth will happen in you. You know, I was thinking, um, have you ever, or can you remember an annoying habit that you once had? Everybody got an annoying habit that they once had that you don't have now. How did you find out about it? 
I'm going to put some money probably out there that somebody told you about it at some point because we often don't see the annoying habits that we have in ourselves. Or, you know, think about the close relationships that you have, whether it be marriage, whether it be parenting, um, could be with work colleagues, could be in friendships. Um, Have you changed because you've been in those relationships? Has anybody not changed (laughs) because of relationships that they've been in? It's just something that happens when you're with people, you grow. And it's sometimes a painful process, sometimes a messy process, but it's a very necessary process. And at the other side of growth, it's always a good thing. We actually want to grow. We want to get rid of those annoying habits. We want to pull out the greatness that's hidden inside of us sometimes that we can't see. We absolutely want to grow and we grow best together. You know, I always think you, you think you're super patient until it takes you, you know, like 30 minutes longer than it should to get to the car with kids every single day. And in those moments, you can go, I'm thankful for my kids who teach me patience. <laughs> you know? And, but then on the other hand, sometimes you realise just how grateful you are for those kids when you go and comfort somebody who is so desperate to have a baby and they can't have one. So, you know, being with one another brings out growth in us and it brings great perspective on the things that we have in our lives and the things that God is doing in us. And I really think there's a, a lie that's crept into the church in large about groups, and it's this. I no longer need a group because I've matured. And all I need is me and Jesus. Groups are for new people to the church because it's a way that they connect and assimilate in. Or it's for people that maybe don't know as much about Jesus as I do. I've got a really strong faith now, so I no longer need to be in a group. That is not truth. We all need to be gathering together in community beyond Sunday services. We never actually mature from that. And there's two reasons for that, because our kingdom language, our kingdom of God is not actually about us. All throughout kingdom, language, God, the things that he does, it's us. It's together. We're a group. We're a people. Our growth is about us, yes, but it's also about others. You need to know that you are incredibly instrumental in somebody else's growth for their good. And if we choose to check out and go, well, I'm mature now, I I don't actually need to be in a group anymore, What about the other people in our church that maybe just need something that you've got to lift them up that week? Or maybe you're going to see something in them that brings breakthrough into their worlds. Like growth is about all of us together. And we all play a really, really important role in one another's growth. And that is such a good thing. It is in our groups where we get this depth of care and community. It's only in these smaller gatherings, you know, that, that we get known, really known. You have to, to be able to be vulnerable, to be able to look to somebody to speak into your world, um, there's a certain level of trust that needs to happen and that gets built in these smaller communities and it's personal and we begin to trust one another enough that we can go, yes, please speak into that and, and I can speak into you and we can encourage and we can build one another up and, and it's the place where needs are seen and needs are met 
and they're met from a really personal point of view. And I came into church on Wednesday, whatever it was, and there's a note on my desk from the beautiful Joy Goldsworthy. And it spoke something right to my heart that I needed to hear. And it meant so much because it's personal, because she knows me and I know her and we're in community together. It wasn't just a random flippant comment on the side here, but it meant a lot. And that's what happens in these places of community. But it's also where we really unpack and apply the Word of God. So we come here on a Sunday and we are so blessed with amazing teaching every week. I tell you what, here in the Western world and generally, but you know, in our lives, we have an abundance of teaching of the Word of God. We can listen to podcasts. We can listen to the other sermon from Central, you guys. You get two every week. You can read books. There's so much that we have, but we need to apply. We need to take the space to unpack and actually apply and ask the hard questions of how does that actually bring about transformation in my world? How am I going to be a better person? How am I going to grow because of that? Sometimes it's not black and white. Sometimes there's a process you need to work through. Actually, oftentimes, there's a process you need to work through to actually apply the Word of God into your world. And sometimes you just need safe spaces to unpack that. You need places where you can ask the questions. There's no silly questions in group gatherings. Come on in and and let's actually talk this through together. You don't have to have a certain level of Christianity and, and be expected that you can just do it all on your own. It's a really safe place that you get to unpack and discover and grow and be activated in who you are. I love that picture of, you can imagine this early church, they're there and they're, they're encountering the Spirit for the first time and there's these signs and wonders and, you know, prophecy and gifts and they're kind of going, what is this? Do I have this? Do I have access to this? What's in me? Is it just for the apostles? You know, they would have been working that through together and I love this picture of, you know, people going, hey, I see that in you. Let's, let's pull that out. Why don't, why don't you... Have a go. Have a practice in this place. It's not actually a bad thing. It's, it's a good thing that we need to grow in the gifts that God's given us. And our gatherings, our smaller gatherings, are such an amazing place that we actually get to do that with one another and grow in that. Uh, so, you know, our gatherings are a powerful place, both for us, but not just for us. And that's the second thing that happens through our groups. And this is something that I'm very passionate about seeing as we launch into a new season of groups next year is we want to see influence through us. So the, uh, the Christians in this early church were not only fueled by a passion for Christ, but they were absolutely fueled by this mission for Christ, you know. And it was this passion and this mission that stopped them from turning inward. So what we want to see in our groups, what I see in those early church gatherings is open arms. There's this welcoming, inviting, inclusive, the barriers are down. I was talking with Andrew this week and, you know, he was just talking about, imagine sitting around this family table and you've got wealthy and slave sitting and eating together. You've got women and men sitting and eating together. Later on, once it's spread and the Gentiles were coming to faith, you've got Gentile and Jew sitting together 
sharing about faith. Like that is revolutionary. But that's what it should look like today. This is what our gatherings should look like. They should look like, you know, people from every walk of life, every different race, every different social setting, every different culture. We should be coming together and sharing in these gatherings. There are no dividing lines in them, you know, and they lived, they just lived a life that proclaimed the message of Jesus. And in every gathering that they had, they continued to proclaim this message. So again, just another thing we just want to kind of lay down there is that these gatherings are just for us Christians. We've got to open the doors. These should be a place where people are able to come in and experience a group of people like they never have before, where there should be such love and acceptance and a place that they can work out who is Jesus and what does this mean for my life? They should be one of the greatest, I guess, places that we can invite people to that's safe. Some people will never step into a church, but they will come to your group. They will come and meet with a group of people because they're looking for life and they're looking for a people that are passionate and have a purpose and have a hope. And when they find that in your gathering and they find Jesus in that place, then they take the next step to come on into church because the mindsets and the, the things that they have about church have actually fallen away because they've met a people. That's what this whole thing's about. It's about them meeting people, not coming into a structure. You know, and and in that scripture we had in Acts 5.42, day after day in the temple courts from house to house, they never stopped proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. In all of our gatherings, we must never stop proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. We need that. I do. I feel like we need a constant reminder that Jesus is the Christ and the hope that we have because of Jesus. But then in those gatherings, there should be a place where we are reaching out, where we are reaching out to those who don't know Jesus. We should be inviting them into these gatherings. You know, the the word proclaim in here is the Greek word for evangelise. We just got to get comfy with this. It's just, do you want others to know about Jesus? And this isn't just for the super spiritual or the evangelists. It's for all of us. You know, our groups and ministries should be the most welcome place. There should be something that is different about us, that is noticeable and powerful. And when we see our groups with this heart, there is a purpose that transcends our own personal worlds because we are a part of something bigger. And I guarantee you that when you look out, when you include, when you invite in, when you invest in others, you will grow. Sometimes I think we should just look out. Just look out. Invest in your church family around you. Build somebody else up. You know, tell someone the good news and you will find that you will grow. Your spirit will enlarge. You'll be activated in gifts and things that you never knew were there. God's going to release things. He moves in your moving. We really need a revival church, a revival in this passion and a revival for growth. And, you know, I read this quote and it said, this is talking about the human body. And it says, the life in the body is in its cells. And if the cells weaken, the body weakens. And if the cells are healthy, the body is healthy. And when the cells multiply, the body grows. And this is absolutely true. 
and the same for the body of Christ. So we're going to swap out those cells and body and we're going to put in church and its groups. I just want you to listen and get this on the inside of you because the life of the church is in its groups because you're there. You are the life of this church. And if the groups weaken, the church weakens. But if the groups are healthy, the church is healthy. And when the groups multiply, the church grows. How good is that church? There is such power in these gatherings. You know, we groups are birthed from this passion and they're purposed for growth. And I am so excited about what God is going to do in groups next year. Because it's not about an incredible structure, but it's about you. It's about what you're going to do in and through groups and what God's going to do in and through you in those groups. And, you know, next year we are launching our victory groups. We're going to call them V groups. But we're also going to have growth groups alongside. And, you know, you're going to get more information about these. But I believe that everybody needs to be a part of a group because this is the gathering together of believers And so our V groups are going to continue to run um, on a regular basis. And and then there's going to be this option for these short-term groups where we're going to get, you know, you can find an investment in your marriage or in your family or in finances or in health, in leadership, in moving in the spirit, in the prophetic, in prayer. There are so many aspects I know that God wants to do growth in and through us. And they're going to be spirit-empowered groups just to invest into us so that we then go out and invest into others. And it's going to be an exciting year. And, you know, honest, it's been a big year this year. For those who don't know, when I stepped up to be a pastor this year, one of the things that I took under my wing was this group system. And and I have wrestled it all year, church, because my job was to relaunch groups. And, and I've just been asking the question, well, God, how do I make that work? And how do I get people to come? And how do I find leaders? And so the message that you're hearing today is a year-long wrestle because all throughout the year, I just kept hearing the spirit whisper, growth is not from the what. It comes from you people. It comes from us together. When we get a passion on the inside of us, and I know that there is a great vision that God has for our groups. And I know that we have a great structure that's going to support and expand and invest into you as people and into our leaders of our groups. But it isn't that structure that's going to achieve that vision. It is each and every one of you. It's all of us together. Okay, it's going to facilitate us. It's going to give us opportunities to function in the purposes that God has placed in us. It's going to multiply our influence. It's going to launch us, church, into being a church for the community. Okay? And it's not going to do that without you, though. So I I just thought, look, Brad's standing. I'm going to ask my leaders to stand. So I just want Brad to stand up and Damien and Simone to stand up and Jen to stand up and Tanya to stand up. These guys are champions because they have been leading groups with this heart and this passion, but they need you guys. They can't do it on their own. And you know what? We just got to take the pressure off leading 
because this is just a gathering people. And you know what? We work together as a team. Some of you here have an incredible gift of hospitality. All you need to do is open up your home. Somebody else will come in and lead the group. We're going to work together as a team. And some of you might go, I can't clean my house. But you've got a gift for leading or you've got a gift for teaching. That's fine. I'll find you a house. That's not a problem. But you need to get activated in your gift. Okay? So I just want you, I just want you to close your eyes right now. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a call today. <laughs> because I really feel that God's stirring a passion within us. And He is reviving something in us together for our groups. So I actually want you, if God's stirring on your heart, hey, I've got to invest into this. I've got to invest into this as a leader. I've got to invest into this as offering my house. I've got to invest into this as a connector. Or I've just got to invest into this by getting involved. I'm going to go to a group. I'm going to make that a priority in my world because I want to gather with the people of God outside of just a weekly Sunday service because I want to grow. I want to help grow others and I want to influence. I want to see my neighbours and my friends come to Christ. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.